0: Welcome to Majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto.
1: And I'm Katie. Hmm.
0: And this week, we're looking at the real life inspired tale starring one of our favorites, Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx, Just Mercy. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of all What are we drinking this episode? What does everybody have? This I week?
2: have uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. A nice uh, and amazing whiskey. If you find a bottle, pick it up. It is worth, well worth the
1: $60. Grape juice in a mason jar. A little bitty one. It's Ooh, Merlot. Look at that
2: guy. That's a little, I like that. Yeah. Excellent. I'm I am drinking Merlot.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Merlot. I am. It's delicious. Uh, Sideways ruined it for me for years. Now it's back.
0: Mm. Did it ruin the thought of it mm-hmm. for you? Drinking or just the mixer. The-, the thought
1: of it. Yeah, okay. Paul Couldn't. Giamatti just got in my mind that you got in you your know, brain, that Mer- Merlot is trash wine. That's, that's just, so I just never. It's
2: the mixer. Yeah. It's what is, it's what they put in blends. Yeah.
1: It is, but it's because it plays well with others, right? But it, and yeah, oftentimes people cheap. grow it and they can't make a good one, yeah. and so then they just use yeah. it as the the punch. All
0: right. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking some Yards. Ooh, oh, hello, yard? Yards. Is that the loyal 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 lager? I like that one.
1: Representing for the family
0: yeah i got Very some nice. and it's delicious Very um nice. it's time for fact check last week we watched little women mm-hmm. which we all loved and again couldn't recommend more mm-hmm. i was lucky enough to have my parents finally come and visit Yay! after months of, of not being able to and my mom had a hot take on little women mm-hmm. that i thought was really interesting she didn't want to record the hot take so i'm going to attempt to. uh Explain the hot take. She says she feels about the new little women mm-hmm. in some way that you guys felt about the Aaron Sorkin retelling of To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, hmm. interesting. I don't think she disliked it as much as you guys okay. dislike the Aaron Sorkin. But uh-huh. she was as uh, a fan of the original uh-huh. book and film uh-huh. with that was much more faithful to the adaptation. Mm. She did not really love some of the creative choices that they made in changing it. She felt that the original was more powerful and, you know, she didn't like some of the changes with Meg or Amy and you know some the of those two. things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think A larger I can't women. Or Amy's I, well, sister. No, I think she was. I think she messed up because I. She said, "I guess in the book, Amy doesn't go to France. Yes, she I don't. Does. Know. She was. or something. She was explaining somebody's story's line, line was changed. She just. Yeah. Preferred I,
1: the I chronological haven't read version. the book in decades, so. I don't know, Patty, my summer reading list is pretty long, but maybe we'll squeeze a little Little Women in there. Uh, cause, uh, yeah, because I can't do the comparison anymore to the original. So uh, she's she's got me on that. Uh, see, I,
0: I went into it blind, having not read the book or seen the other movies. Mm-hmm. So I I guess if you had an attachment... To the original characterizations, and we even said that a little bit, Greta Gerwig pulled dialogue from actual letters from mm-hmm. Louise May Alcott, mm-hmm. and some of the dialogue and things like that was changed and Jim, I thought did a good job. It was more meta of the character of Joe was kind of greta mm-hmm. uh, Alcott and the Joe character mm-hmm. in the book folded together so i that's interesting i i i i didn't you know know anybody else who found it as a beloved novel or maybe the a lot of attachment to the old movie. Yeah. But, if you know, maybe that's where the pushback was, because we did say there was pushback with the yep. change and how they told it narratively. Yep. I thought that made it a better movie. But then again, I don't know what the other movie would look like. So yep. um but I thought that was interesting.
1: I did. Uh, we'll, we'll move this up a little bit. I did do a fact check on screen adaptations, and Oh yeah, Little Women is way down the list.
0: <laughs> yeah, there are. I, I only Hannah. looked a little bit. There, yeah. there are, are some... some
1: movies, or I guess uh, novels, that have been made in twenty to thirty. Different forms of screen adaptations. Uh, like a lot of Dickens.
0: Christmas stuff, Carol. Probably, yeah, right? say, Christmas uh, Three
1: Musketeers. God. Three Musketeers. Uh, Dracula. Dracula. Yeah, Dracula. Um, Frankenstein. Frankenstein yep. Alice in Wonderland. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Probably Wayne Is, right? Sherlock on the list, which I felt like was not fair mm, because that's Alex. not one. There's so many sort, different inter- yeah. Inter-
0: yeah, interpretations. Right. Of that's really that. just
1: taking the character and running with it. Yeah, that would yeah. be
2: like putting James Bond just because there's 20 right. films that doesn't. Mean right? The Bible. One thing was adapted twenty the Bible. times.
1: Bible. There you go, Good that's job, true, Brian. That's true. Yeah. Um, so this is this is nowhere nowhere near <laughs> nowhere near that's the funny. Most. The but only wait. one
2: someone came up with was not a movie was or was not a book originally was a stars.
1: Oh, *Stars Born*. Right. Someone put that oh, yeah. in the that, chat. That didn't like start that, as a book. Right. It didn't start as yeah. a
0: book. Yeah. No. But that yeah. has been. There's many iterations of yep. that as a film. Yeah. Yep. Which is interesting. Uh, and then just quickly, one last thing. Interestingly, Little Women just this past weekend actually passed the $100 million mark in the foreign box office. That's it's awesome. one of the films that has been pushed out as part of the reopening of films across the world. That's which wonderful. makes sense. That, um, you know, as an American film coming out in December, January, in a lot of markets wouldn't have opened until probably March or April and has been pushed and was pushed back. So, but that's great. So it's very financially successful and that's little women.
1: All right. All
0: right. Time for the rundown. So
1: moving on to the rundown today, it's, you know, we're doing it a little different. We're not, we're not going to run into our music because today's movie feels a little bit different. Um, So this is a true story. Brian Stevenson graduated Harvard law in the late 1980s and promptly began his life's work in Alabama, representing inmates living on death row. Just Mercy tells the true story of his meeting and fighting for Walter McMillan, a man convicted of murder and imprisoned on death death row. This movie tackles systems of oppression in a human, personal way, providing a window into a world that many never get to see from the inside. That's our rundown. Mm-hmm. Here we All go. Oh. That's it.
0: All right. Um, so Michael B. Jordan, who we mm-hmm. talk about frequently on this show, Ma- maybe
1: seems- more than anyone.
0: <laughs> not, Besides, Sam um, um, not Sam, Sam Elliott. Not Sam Elliott. Greta Gerwig or is, is quickly is quickly moving up. Or um, of course, the amazing film director R.E.P. R.I.P. E. Emile Ardolino, oh. um, <laughs> or R.D.J.
1: R. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Speaking personally, or I feel like Andy Michael McDowell. B. Jordan... I I think I talked about him. We fell in, in love with, with him as
2: Wallace in The Wire. It's he in. made an impression it's even it. when he was probably... I don't know how old he was.
0: He had oh, to be oh gosh, 15. This guy... Somewhere around there. I think yeah. that's pretty close because yeah. all he those kid young. actors in that were very... They were playing age-appropriate. Yes, yeah. which is rare, you know, but they were age-appropriate. So
1: Brian had a hot take on Michael B. watching this film. Yeah, let's start there real so quick. So what, and then we what can was, what was your thought wa- watching Michael B. Jordan in this movie?
0: Well, so watching him in this movie, and we'll talk about the movie itself, I, I, I said, as we know, I love Tom Cruise, but I think... He is Tom Cruise-esque. And let me explain what I mean by that. He is, I think, going to be more than just an actor. Uh, And I'm not saying actor in a bad way, but there are certain people who are able to be in Hollywood for a a very long time um, and who kind of, you just hear the name, people say we're going to see this it's, you know, they can do a little bit of everything and there's going to be lots of other actors that will come along and people will say this, you know, this is the next big thing. But then Michael B. Jordan, I think will still come out with the movie and everybody will go see Michael B. Jordan. And I think in like 20 to 30 years, he's going to be somebody that's still there. And they're not many people I can think of in modern Hollywood. When you start talking about guys who are leads, under the age of 40 that I necessarily think that's going to be true. He is that guy, I think. And there's some other things we could talk about, about his career. But I think that there are some parallels in terms of film choices, how they pick directors when they're younger, the types of films they're in, this being one of them, um, that I think could play out that way. Yep.
1: I hear what you're saying. I don't know if Tom Cruise is the person I would compare him to. Well, I
2: think what Brian means is that he's like... He's a star, yes. In a way that, like, he's not a character actor. I agree. Much anymore.
1: I was going to compare him to Meryl Streep. That he, I feel the way about Michael B. Jordan that I do about Meryl Streep, which is oh, like, I wouldn't go like, that far yet. No, well, but like, we're not still on an acting, but we're so like, still looking at him. I think we what, didn't know her back then, right? Like, we've only known her. I've, I've, yeah,
2: you're right, I guess, but like. I wouldn't say that he is at a level acting wise with Meryl Streep. No, not yet, but a star level wise. I think Tom Cruise is a great example of like what he could be because I like, I am not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but I do think he is a movie star and I do think that he fits the mold of like, if you can't think of a male lead to put in this role, you could put Tom Cruise in pretty much any male lead role and like make it work. And I'm starting to feel the same way about Michael B. I, Jordan.
0: That is exactly how I feel. Like, right. And that is better explaining than what I, what I mean. You need a lawyer. Tom Cruise. Yeah, you, need you need a lawyer. A Michael B. Jordan. You need a yeah. doctor. You need a superhero movie. You yes. need. A, it doesn't. A teacher. like doesn't matter any, yeah. to gotcha. me and he could be in that and and i'm thinking more like the beginning of tom cruise's career cuz like he's made i think a pretty conscious choice the last right i was going like, so to say like now i feel in, like he's just
1: such an action yeah. guy yeah and but I'm thinking more if like you go Leonardo. back and look,
0: but no, if you go that's a good point too but, he's, but if you go look at my cruise's early yeah. career yeah no that's right? true so you start out with like risky business, Mm -hmm. but then you think like stuff, all the right stuff. But then you get like Top Gun, big commercial poppy type Mm -hmm. thing. Michael B. Jordan Creed. And then Mm -hmm. but he's smart enough to start rolling like that. Next choice was, yes, it was a superhero movie, but not a traditional superhero movie in Black Panther. And he picked to be the villain. Yeah. Which is kind of what Cruz was a little bit in color of money. He was not, you know, Paul to Paul Newman. Then you look at this movie and this movie to me is very much keen to what Cruz chose to do with Oliver Stone and born on the 4th of July. You pick a biopic, you pick something that has a, a moral message behind it, which is maybe not probably what they were saying to even Michael B. Jordan. Hey, go make this movie after you're in black Panther, which made a billion dollars, you should go be in, you know, the next spinoff of some franchise that we can have another billion dollars. And he says, no, I'm going to produce this movie about this guy. Mm -hmm. That is it that that there's no way is going to be anywhere near as commercially successful as if I agree to be in like a star Wars movie or something like that. And he makes that choice. And that's where I think like, he will evolve, but I think he can play anything. And that's what he's starting to turn into, yeah. which really in, there's not a, like, for example, Jamie Foxx, who he acts with, who's an Oscar winner in this. I don't think that's Jamie Foxx. I don't think you can plug Jamie Foxx into any role mm. and, and have him be just likable. You know I mean? He, no, no, and no. that's no he offense, offense to he fits a different mold. Whereas Michael B. Jordan. Now I'm like, put him in anything. And yeah. we've talked about his next movie is playing John Clark from the Tom Clancy novels. Well, and that means, and that's a, 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 is supposed to be an old white guy who fought in Vietnam and he's going to be young, but I could care less because I'm going to be like, I'm excited to see this because I feel like he can do anything and it's going to be entertaining. It, it's
2: interesting though, because uh and just, I don't want to spoil five questions, but there's a question about Michael B. Jordan. Um, and I would like you to remind me that I have to talk about that when we get there. Cause okay. I don't want to spoil it.
0: All right. All right. Now we can go on the movie after we ran. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 good. We did a lot of our Michael B. Jordan. Well, I, and I'm just going to
1: say one more thing right about him in this movie. Yeah. Um, my hot take is that this is actually not my favorite Michael B. Jordan performance. Yeah. I thought he was very good. Um, but you know, when I saw the trailer for this film last year, I said to Jim, like th- this looks like an Oscar right like th- this movie I-, I just i think yeah. it's going to it's going to kill it and this movie is so powerful i think that the the tension um the insight into again a, a story that i'd say the majority of the population is clueless on um it's all incredible this is not my favorite michael b jordan performance i felt like there were a Few missteps in the movie where it just like could have it could have hit harder it could have been a little bit stronger um and so by the end I thought not it's not an Oscar again I mean and we with all all of whatever the Oscar means anymore but
0: yeah but it's not even it's not (laughs) even a performance that you would say he should have won an Oscar so when I looked back
1: right when I looked back I thought yeah I I would have nominated. I think Jamie Foxx deserved the nomination for this movie. Mm. Um, he got support. He got a supporting actor nomination. Did he? he did. I
0: don't think did so. he? he did. Yeah. Maybe a golden glow. He got no, an academy? No, he maybe a golden. Globe? I
1: think it was an Academy. I swear. Oh. I just looked this up. Okay. Um, I thought he was outstanding. And I know that we've discussed Brian that you're not necessarily a Jamie Foxx fan. Uh, yeah, I like his I thought he was really good.
0: I just, whatever reason, don't. I, he's not one, He's not like Michael B. Jordan. When you say, like, if Michael B. Jordan's going to put out a movie, no. and I'm like, I want to see no. a Michael B. Jordan movie now. Okay, I lied. You know, it,
1: so it, okay. it was not an Oscar. It must have been. But a he was golden probably gloom.
0: nominated for something. It was
1: a good performance. Yeah. My
0: take on this movie is that I was very much at odds when I was watching it. Me too. Because I think the the purpose behind it and the message behind it, that stuff is good. If if I'm going to talk about it as just a movie, <laughs> then it's significantly less than what I can take away from it. And I don't think the performances are bad. It's weird because I spent the writing's a lot of time bad tr- in this movie. I'm yeah, just gonna I, say I, I, the yeah, writing I is bad
2: a, because yeah. it's boring in a way I, that like the weight of what these characters need to say and do is not felt. And so, like, I love everything. I want to love everything about this movie, and I wanted to see an Oscar-worthy performance. I didn't see an Oscar-worthy script. I didn't see an Oscar-worthy performance out of anybody and I didn't see an Oscar-worthy director at all. Yeah, yeah I haven't read the book, was, and
1: I'm, I am i will, and I'm interested to see that's how it aligns. And trick, right?
2: So they might have felt like really beholden to I the source material. Sure, because problem. it's very recent. Right? But, this
1: was a quick turnaround. But
2: even some of them where you know that there's conversations happening, this happened t- how many years ago? 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. You know there are conversations in that room that Brian, Brian Stevenson, even as he wrote them three years ago, he's making them up. Oh, sure. So like, even if it's written like a novel, right? And he has a conversation between him and the Brie Larson character. It's it's completely fictional because he doesn't right. unless he wrote exact notes the day it happened. And so like you keep, tweaking yeah, yeah. the dialogue to be in imp- I, I don't know there was, even the words they were saying sometimes were like I'm like this is impactful and but i just felt the whole time that i was watching through like four planes of plexiglass and i just couldn't it didn't affect me at all and i was shocked
1: well so one of the things that i was thinking was i never lost it being michael b jordan so we've talked about like like actors or actresses Mm -hmm. becoming so immersed in a role in the character that the audience loses that Just, recognition. Yeah. He was always Michael B. Jordan to me, but, but and I love Brian Stevenson. <laughs> like, yeah, I, but I, I couldn't. But
0: that to me is part of the movie star esque element that yeah. I'm trying to say. Like when you watch a Tom Cruise movie, most of the characters begin to be tailored. So I think there's a big difference between Meryl Streep, who you were bringing up, and like a my. And I, this is where I think Jim's point is is more in line with what I was trying to say. I, I think he's a very good actor, and I think Tom Cruise was a good actor and used to get nominated. He had some Oscar nominations as well, but he is a movie star, So the movies, it's always going to be a little bit of him in every movie Hmm. you see, but that's going to be why you want to go see those movies. So he's not going to be like a Jamie Foxx, who I think is more tailored to certain performance. Now, that doesn't mean Michael B. Jordan can't come out and give an Oscar-worthy performance in something. But I think what he's ultimately going to be is you're going to be drawn to movies to see him because you love him. And if the writing is really good. I think he can slip into the, that role. Absolutely. We saw that in the wire and stuff like that, but I think he's going to transcend and become one of these guys where yeah, it's Michael B. Jordan playing someone. And I think that he could be a huge star and there, and there's a trade off there. You yeah. know, it doesn't mean he can't give great performances because I think he's going to be able to give great performances, yeah. but I think he might turn into a guy where you're always going to see That's interesting. Some of Michael B. Jordan there.
1: I was wondering if it was because because this is so contemporary in that Brian Stevenson is still very much alive, active. You know, he is the author and Mm -hmm. main character. Uh, He's a pretty prominent figure. And so I was wondering, you know, is that the struggle in creating a character here, right? So when you're trying to like slip into somebody else's skin mm-hmm. I would imagine that that is harder to do when the person is still
2: Yeah, it's funny though I didn't have I don't have that as much of a problem maybe a little bit with him because I feel like you know with some of the other actors in this movie it, they kind of do embody those roles pretty well Um, but to me there was like almost like a gloss on this film that I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't connect to it.
1: Well, I'm remembering this. So for me, it was the scenes at the kitchen table, the Brie Larson scenes. And so it's supposed to be that Brian has stayed up all night, Right. right? Studying this case. And I don't know, there was a disconnect there in the, in the, in the writing of the lines and the delivery of the lines where it just didn't have that. I didn't feel that that moment was real where she yeah. walks in and realizes that he has never gone to sleep. He's been studying this case and, he, and here's what he's figured out. Yeah, like, because I wanted that to, to be so that is usually th-
2: And so like, there was no, there was no foreshadowing of that or, or, that that scene was not answering a question for the Brie Larson character. So, like, if when he came down for the first time, she took one look at him and was sort of like, oh, this kid from Harvard, like, what's he going to bring? If she was questioning him, like, that's my problem here, is that the human element of, like, who these characters are is not explored very much at all. Um, It sticks mostly to And I think this is the problem. Again, it's not a procedural. So there's like, it sort of tries to do a little bit of that, but it does it very poorly. There's so much clerical work in this movie that is absolutely boring and doesn't need to be in it. Like where people are just staring at books and things.
0: Piece of it. Shocked by how little legal. Right. So so if you want to go
2: and do legal thriller, procedural, like get into it, then get into it. Don't dumb it down. And like, just have people staring at books and having light bulb moments that are like, now I'm gonna stare off in the distance because I just realized something. Or go the other way and dive into the characters and like really figure out who they are and what motivated them. And what, like, I don't feel like we got Brian's motivation at all in this movie. I feel like they tried to tell us it, but there was nothing mm. about him that made me really, really understand why he wanted to go do that. And
1: I am imagining that that was a director's cut. Like that that was a that was a choice cuz I'm positive that Yeah. Yeah. that it's in the like if I just open up the first chapter of the book, I see it.
2: Yeah. That, like there's yeah. more I, of the 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 best part to... of this movie is the closing moments with yes. the, him doing the voiceover and and then oh flipping to yes. the Senate hearing. Yes. Um and showing like at least some kind of relationship between the two of them that was
1: I don't know so can I can we jump to some of the so you just brought up the ending being Sorry. incredibly yeah. powerful yeah we skimmed over a few moments that I also thought were very powerful so you were talking about you know the leaning into character and I I did think that there were some moments where that worked really well so we we meet three of the men who are living on death row and you get to see the relationship between the three of them. Mm-hmm. You know, one who was a soldier, had, you know, went through a horrendous situation. I, I believe it was the Vietnam War. Am, yes. I, am yes. I off one? It would have been Vietnam Where he yeah. ends up being the only member of his squadron. What is, I don't know if that's the yeah. right word, Two to survive, squadron, right? Yeah. That they've They've been attacked. He's the only surviving member. Um, And so all of these signs that he he is mentally ill, right, Um, and is on death row because he constructed a bomb, put it on somebody's porch, it killed the person. You can see that this man's not dealing with uh, with a with a full deck of cards, right? Like he has been forever wounded by the war. And so I think you do get you do get his story. Yeah, but he's like so
2: like you get more of his story than anyone else
1: in this film. Well, except for... So he so he's next to Walter, right? You definitely get Walter's story. Not really. I think so. I mean... I mean, you get to see Walter before see, he's even arrested, right? And that, like,
2: and that is solely so we can watch him stare up at, at the sky. Yeah. And so that they can reuse that shot later. Yeah. To, to, yeah. It doesn't resonate at all. You don't see him with his family. Yeah. You don't see him... You don't see anything about him other than... In fact, part of me... With the writing of that whole thing and the whole Johnny, Johnny D thing confused me to the point where I actually thought, was he guilty of something that I don't know about that's going to be like a smaller crime or something? Right. And he was hiding out here under never, under an assumed name. Yeah, they never and explored it that. And then I finally just gave up and I was like, okay, so it's just, it's just a totally different name that he uses, which is fine. But it, the way it's presented was really... N- not fully baked, I don't think. Yeah. And and so, like, for him, you get that. For Brian, you get the internship where he meets a Death Row guy, which I guess sort of, you know, again, just kind of telling, not showing again. Like, they're, 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 that's all exposition. There wasn't, like... We missed the moment where they go from... I, get, I don't know. It just...
0: I think one of the big issues for me with this movie is that it felt more interested in being about being anti-death penalty more about than it did about being a movie, which is okay. I get, I get that purpose, but I don't think it was necessarily based around character I don't think they felt probably the freedom to do that because I think there's this yeah. unabiding love for Brian Stevenson, and you want to be so authentic to his story. But that comes obviously at sacrificing a lot. And I felt like it was just a lot like Brie Larson's character. I felt like they just felt she had to be there because she was with him in real life. But what is that character really bringing, you know? And, and I don't feel, and I'm thinking about like the Spike Lee, the two different Spike Lee movies we watched this year, you know, do the right thing versus, black Klansman black Klansman was good but I think it had a similar issue that this movie has it's fails to lack the ability I think to create a fully fledged story because there's a need to attach to the real history of the time period so like Michael B Jordan is not going to create a maybe a full character because he's so concerned about being Brian Stevenson yeah. And we become so concerned about, well, we need to get this in because this kind of happened. And Jim's right. It's not a procedural. It's not this. It's like well, we should tell this story and then we and then we should have this story here. And th-. and it's kind of all over the place at times. And it's like, I I, I want this to be a movie. I would yeah. love personally a documentary. That's what I was That's thinking. That's what I was like, thinking too. I was would like- love a documentary of Just Mercy, like a six part series on Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. And then the movie was allowed to be a movie and that they yeah. could really go into more of that. Two stuff. different that, things. Yeah.
1: Well, I was thinking, so I just watched 13th, which is Ava DuVernay's, um, you know, documentary on yeah. the criminal justice system. And It's incredible. I mean, like it blew my mind as somebody who is not one who generally will go into the documentaries, Mm -hmm. you know, just by choice. um, I, it was so illuminating in so many ways and done artfully and skillfully. Um, So for me watching that and then watching just mercy, it was hard for me to disconnect. I mean, I actually thought it was kind of a nice pairing because while 13th tackles policy and law and they do, they
0: work as companions. I think they do.
1: This gives you the human, right? The, the human approach. Mm -hmm. I think that if they had focused entirely on Brian Stevenson and showing his character and story, that we may have ended up with a better Yeah, product. I agree. Because I, I think agree. like this, those moments where you could feel his emotion, you know, the first time he goes into the jail in Alabama yes. and the white guard makes so well like, done. That's a powerful, perfect example. Hannah. Yep. And then when he's pulled over by the police, right? Those things where you get to see what this man went through. Yeah. In from his like just personal story of being a black lawyer in Alabama fighting for people that nobody else was fighting for you I know?
2: also want to really know I'll have to read the book because I really want to know if that scene where the white guard starts to have like changes of heart is yes. actually in the book yeah agreed. because I have a sneaking suspicion
1: that that's like you feel like that's Hollywood
2: I feel like that's like let's let's
1: let's get let the white some of the white guilt out yeah, of this that's, yeah that's a really Which is interesting absolutely but, or is shit. that
0: a composite character that's why i, I, I hope know. it and happened I, because it, I, I really
2: hope it happened because yeah. if yeah. they change that piece and don't dive into like because you know there's a million things that happen that are not in this movie that were probably way just as awful
0: yeah. well that's what i mean i i, I always have issues with biopics. I, as I've said before on the show, I am not a huge biopic person because when I watch a movie, I want either a documentary or a movie. And in particular, when you do contemporary biopics, I think it gets really dicey. Yeah, potentially, uh, you know, with, if we do the favorite when we did the favorite, theoretically, that's kind of a biopic. But that was so long ago yeah. that they felt more comfortable taking liberties. I don't think they felt comfortable taking liberties yeah. in this film. And I think that kind of turns into this sense where, w- what is this? I mean, I felt like at points it was almost like a paint-by-numbers type film. It's like, okay, we have to show this guy getting executed so that we know. Yeah, I you know looking, that. I, I mean, kept, that's I kept a- pausing the movie being like, this movie feels I'm enjoying it. I'm liking some of it, but it's feeling really long. And it's not a super long movie, yeah. but I just like parts of it were dragging. And Jim's like, we're going to show him right. Uh, bring me the law book, like the montages of him, like looking up cases and stuff. But and it's not almost,
2: it's not specific enough to, like, make me feel um, to make me feel that he's like doing work that no one could do. Right, like so. That's the other piece of it. Is like because
0: he's a genius, right? Right. I mean, this so, guy like, is those a per- genius. Show me that. I yeah. want to know more about that. I,
2: I guess. I, I. You know. Again, like the performances are incredible. The story itself, if you just like go to a thirty thousand foot view, it's inc- an incredibly moving story. Right, and it's incredibly important. I just wish someone. Like, could you imagine if Spike Lee had taken this movie, had, had done this movie yeah. or Ryan Coogler or, you know, like, and
1: yes, that that was the feeling I got was like it, in the hands of somebody else. Right. This this could have been. I
0: think it would have been more focused. Yes. Yeah. Like, this guy is a generational Besides person, a generational lawyer, he's a guy that has gone in front of the Supreme Court six times yeah. and won five. But I don't feel like I, I maybe I had different expectations. I, I understood in concept the the core philosophy of the things we were going to be seeing in this movie. But I was surprised at almost the lack of. I- legal stuff around it like barely the court sequence i thought was i have to be honest with you i felt like it was a mildly decent episode of a law and order no i agree
1: and and even just surprised the the delivery of you know the the results of cases via facts and picking them up the window i'm like i i didn't know that that's how you found out (laughs) you know like whether something was um, but yeah, even if that's true, or- yeah, even if that's true, I think there's so
0: many better ways that yeah. you can take shortcuts to do that stuff. And it's and it did it. It kind of felt like stop, start it. Like one point, is this like Michael B. Jordan and Brian story? Is this a story about him to fighting to like get Jamie Foxx off. Like I think of move other movies, right? Like if uh, a time to kill with Matthew McConaughey and Samuel L. Jackson is the, like it's about him winning that case. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then it, but there's so many different little subplots here that I get. If it was a Netflix series, I I, I want a documentary of it. I'd love Michael B. Jordan narrating a documentary on Brian Steve or Michael B. Jordan reading Brian Stevens, just mercy book. Yeah but i i don't know but I, that being said i still felt very emotional i felt oh, like they yeah. did a great job of hitting on motions and well, all those things, all those you, types you of things you can't
1: deny that it the the power of the truth behind it right it, exactly it kind of like it over <laughs> helps you overlook some of the artistic flaws right like the, that you know that this is a true story that you know that this man is still doing this work right that smooths over some of the rough spots right i totally agree with jim that the ending where you get to see real footage unbelievably powerful that's so powerful yep i thought that was the highlight of yeah
2: of oh the by movie. the way what's his name was incredible in this as looking glass jesus that guy um Oh, Tim Blake Nelson. Oh, Tim Blake yeah. Nelson. He was
0: very good. He is yeah.
2: awesome in everything. Um, yes, he is. And I thought Jamie Foxx was fantastic. Yeah, he was and great too. O'Shea, whatever Jackson. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You know he's Ice Ice Cube's son. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he's great. And the uh, the other inmate, um, who who was put to death, Dill. He was Jimmy Dill. He was, was fantastic as well. They were like the were acting was so good great across the board. Yeah, I Brie Larson yeah, was great. And, and I thought yeah. like the, community oh, the bad guys scenes were like,
1: very good. Like, so when you're, when you're in Walter's house, when you're meeting the family and the community, like that all felt very real. Like those were the scenes where I felt like I, you, you did get that authentic, like this is him meeting, you know, dropping into the story, the story that's been going on down here for generations. And, you know, here he is like, yeah, just understanding that, like, meeting meeting the people, listening to the stories is one of the most important things that he can do. And, and I think that Eva comments on that, that, like, not many lawyers get that. You know, not many lawyers give that honor and respect and dignity yeah. to the people who have been living these stories for generations.
0: And it's certainly a movie, like, well worth seeing, like, I feel yep. like we're maybe saying there's some problems with it. And I think there probably is. That doesn't mean it's, it's not worth seeing. I would highly recommend seeing it and watching it. But I, I did find myself, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to see this movie. This is going to be powerful. And then I thought of other movies where the, the, the meaning behind the film was not where near as powerful, but they d- were just better movies. You know, they just and, and that's not it. That's just a critique of this as a film, not the purpose of making this film. Yeah. I just felt that Jim's right, the writing and directing. I I, I don't know if they ever really drill down to what is this? What do we want this movie to be? What's you the know, core what of the it, story? What, what is this? Yeah, what we can't. And this is the problem with book adaptations, too. Right. We can't put everything in if this is going to be a two hour movie. So, yeah. you know, so as a screenwriter, what are we talking about with yeah. this film? What do we yeah, want this to be about? It is interesting.
1: I I'm excited to read the book and and think through that more in terms of what were the choices made because just thumbing through, I can see, you know, they pulled out more of the conversations between Brian Stevenson and his, and his family. Um, I've had the great honor of meeting Brian Stevenson's brother Howard twice, who lives and works in Philadelphia, works for the education system. Um, at University of Pennsylvania, and he's
2: an amazing speaker.
1: He's phenomenal. Doing like what knowing that the two of these men are out in the world doing the work that they are doing gives me some hope for our society. Um, hearing both of these men speak, the number of times they reference their mother, like I feel like I have heard about their mother from them, and so meeting her in the movie, I said to Jim, I feel like I already like I have like you know stories of mom that I'm bringing Mm -hmm. into this. And she got like a blink in this movie and just like paging through the book. I can see like she's in there. And I think that that like that piece, you know, he's he's talking in the book about thinking of her as he's sitting in the execution, the the viewer, the viewing room, um, just like not knowing how to handle that.
2: Yeah. See, like that's the thing where I feel like if it was Spike Lee or like Someone who's a little more avant-garde, like, like a Quentin Tarantino, like in that moment, you do the like the Brad Pitt flashback in Once Upon, yeah. a, Time, Upon a Time in Hollywood, yep. where like you have like one of the moments where a character is going through something, and you connect the dots to like what they've been through.
1: Yes, and he doesn't do that. Well, in so f- no, because he makes the choice to be with the man who's being executed. Which I, well, you could do both. You, you could can. do both. I, 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 was going to say, I can see from a director's perspective that that feels more powerful for the audience. But to in be, the end, it's not right to, because we be been, the, the person that feels like he let him down. Right, the person who feels like it's his fault that right because this, this man is, is Brian's story. Yes, it,
2: yeah, if this is Brian's story, and that unfortunately, like I said, the night we watched it, we have so many other movies about death row and about people being put to death and even though some of them are fictional they resonate a little more I think just because of they got you know they were consumed first right like it's hard for me to watch oh Brian I can't hear you way. the oh there you go there you go um, for me it's like hard to watch this without even thinking of and I hate to say it but like Dead Man Walking came to mind immediately,
1: and that is a true story. That is a true so, story. I mean, yeah,
2: but it's but super about, focused.
1: Yep. Also, green Mile. The green, Slightly. and that's another thing.
2: And that's a fictional story that I that has all kinds of issues.
1: But, but the relationship that you build with those characters, and it follows the same. So strong. And
2: unfortunately, it follows the same path of like a a, a quote unquote third tier character gets. Execute it, and then you know halfway through, and you're like, you know, all the feelings from that, and it's like because unfortunately, this true story followed that formula. It well, didn't resonate so. What's interesting
1: well. is I don't think that the true story did. I don't think the true story went in that chronological order. That
2: makes it even worse to
0: me.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, I have to do like a real reading of the book. I want
0: to read it, too, because a part of me thought like a film I always think about, which is is not overly historically accurate. And from a cultural perspective, there's all sorts of issues because of who the heroes are in the film is Mississippi Burning. Mississippi Burning simply is just a much better film than this. And there's all sorts of issues. You know, Gene Hackman plays a good old boy white Southern cop, basically, who is kind of the anti-hero, but the hero. But I mean, the power of what the message is trying to get across, showing the abuses of the South and the... It's just a better movie because I think it was loosely based on what took place during that time period, but it didn't feel like it was beholden to it. And that's why I think to me, any film on this issue, the one that I will always go back to being the most powerful is do the right thing on, because it, it it still hits emotionally on so many issues that need to be there, but he still, he made it as a movie and there's characters and there's purpose to it. And, but he also had the freedom with original characters yeah, do and that. I think yeah. that and
1: I think that's that is, hard that to make it. that comparison. Yeah, cuz when the when if the true story does
2: fall on rails that happen to be well tr- well paved right. from other stories, it's kind of like it's it's hard to go back in time. Like I was telling Katie, if this movie came out in 1993, you know, 5 years after it happened or whatever, it might so be fair. we might feel totally different about it. Differently I com- about com- it. Completely and, agree.
1: The yeah, problem absolutely. is, is that
2: we've seen so much of this, and
1: maybe I, and there's I, a I, lot of people that I, haven't. So that I think that's that. I think it is the choices that were made in the way the t- story was told, though. Right. That like I think the the power of the story is there. Mm-hmm. I think that the directing could have been. better. I'm shocked. Could have been better. By
2: the way, and, and I don't mean to make it this that it, an African American did not direct this movie and write
1: mm-hmm. it. So like. I want Ava DuVernay.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, but she did Selma. So, I mean, yeah. there are, you know. Uh, the thing that I thought
1: I got from this movie that I haven't gotten from other movies about Death Row was the overwhelming oppression of the system. I thought in other movies, there was a focus on, you know, a tyrannical mm-hmm whatever guard guard or prison warden right or just like the prison being a horrible place when you look at this from the perspective of like whatever the state of alabama or being black in the south yep like there were just moments in this movie where i felt the hopelessness and that was something that i felt was done better i haven't i haven't seen that in other movies about death row where it was so much more than just this one person yeah th- that this that this is a system yeah like right? when
2: he when he finds when the the first guy he meets finds out that he is not he is not going to be executed that year and that's a big moment i was a little disappointed that that i mean it comes back a little bit here and there but again it's sort of like I'm going to take a little bit of that and sprinkle it in.
0: Well, that's what
2: it is. Yeah, and a little bit of this and focus. sprinkle it in, and it was sort of like to compare it to, to do the right thing. Spike Lee does that as well, because that movie is a little bit all over the place with with the different the different ideas of race and inequality that he pulls into that movie come from so many different places. It is not focused specifically on, you know, the cops. It's not focused oh, specifically no, at on. All. And in fact, it's it's focused on. Most of it comes down to. Um, folks who would most like like Sal, who would consider himself an ally, right? Um, and so, like, but I think because it isn't a true story, he can kind of weave it together in 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 like whatever way he wants, well, yeah, yes, absolutely. and make it drive the narrative that he really wants to play with. Whereas, I think for for this story, you know, they they do kind of have to keep it realistic in the sense that things happen and you know for for people that aren't as adept or maybe have too much of a conscience it's hard to cut something out that that to the folks involved so, played a big part but yes. when you look at the
0: overarching theme you're trying to tell doesn't play a big part a movie the problem is this a movie is a story and it's we have gotten now in the past 10 years, these slew of docu series and things that and you're right. And when you said if this came out in 1993, where those things we were not consuming, them but we are seeing these things and we're used to long form storytelling of being informed and getting things and things like that. And it, it's I think not just for this movie, but for a lot of biopics going forward. It's like, do I really want a biopic or do I want to watch? 13th you yeah. know or do I want just mercy but give it to me as a docuseries right. you know where I'm seeing this where I'm getting really what it is yep. because I'm really interested in it if the point of this movie is going to be shedding light on this then I want it if I'm let's be honest if I'm watching this movie I'm 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 probably watching it because I, I want to see this I want to be informed by it mm-hmm. and I'm not sure uh, a two hour Hollywood movie is designed for that. It can play a role. If it's sole role is to get people to go read just mercy, the book, or go watch a documentary, then it's achieved something great. But yeah. I do think it hinders it yeah. in, in comparison to j- just it as a film, if we're looking at it that so way. So
1: you're making me think of the miniseries that is on our list. Um, when they see us, which is Ava DuVernay talking mm-hmm. about the central park five. Yes. Um, And yeah, so she has a longer, she has a longer form to tell those stories. And it, you know, it reminded me there, there is such a hard truth to these stories that I think it makes it easy for us to choose not to watch them Mm. because these are the uncomfortable truths that, um, especially in the white community, we struggle with acknowledging and, I just I think there's a call to all of us right now to yeah
2: Yeah, I didn't dig in I didn't I didn't feel this had like and like when you think of another another biopic that sort of had this gloss on it that was much maligned for certain people was like the blind side Mm -hmm. and that had a little bit of white savior running through it. This doesn't have White Savior. Mm-hmm. However, the pro- I, I the production of it, there is something that's told me when I was watching this that this was made... Like, when we talk about who this was made for, like, if they're trying to sell a message rather than just tell a story, I don't know. I just felt like this was made for people that would have a hard time watching 13th.
1: Yeah. And
0: not. Well, it's certainly supposed to be. I think it is mainstream. It is a definite mainstream telling of the story.
1: You know, that notion of (laughs) um, I'm reading white fragility right now. And it breaks down this idea of, you know, of racism being this morally, you know, it's an immoral concept. And that's why people struggle with it so much with like labeling things as racist, yeah. Um. That then that means that they're immoral, and I think this movie does kind of fall along those lines. Yeah, it does. Of you know the lawyers, like the Equal Justice Initiative, the men on on death row are presented as good people, and the guards and the police and the lawyers are presented as immoral people. Right. right and right. so you don't really have shades of gray.
2: Right. It's well, and yeah, and that's interesting because that's something that I think a movie like Death, Dead Man Walking does entirely differently. Yeah. Which is, this movie shouldn't... I mean, while it is about death row, Dead Man Walking's a much better film about the death penalty. This movie is is more about injustice in the justice system. And I think that's why those people end up seem, seeming really terrible. Um, they, you know, in this story, what they did, they are immoral, they're awful yeah. people. Yeah. You know, whether the Mr. Tibbs from the BFG, who's the DA, yep. has a change of heart there in the end, or his wife convinces him, which is another thing, like, come on, like, no one was in that room. That's a completely fabricated story. Part of the
1: story, yeah. And again, so it's is like, it that, it's that is it that they're just he, trying to imagine? Unless why. he they're goes just trying back to later, imagine that moment that changes his mind.
2: I would. I would love to know if there's a relationship with him and Brian down the road and what yeah. it's like. Because specifically, he could have Brian could have heard that story from him, yeah, and said like, "Oh, I was watching when." They did the sixty minutes thing, and and you know, blah blah blah. That's when I started to like have a change of heart. Um, I thought that guy did it a really great job of playing like a a character who was sort of reprehensible and, Mm -hmm. but still recognizable, right? Like, still,
1: yeah. Thinks thinks that he is just doing his job. Thinks that he is upholding the law.
2: And I think you. And I think, to some extent, you don't—you one hundred percent don't agree with him, but you understand that that is the piece of the system that he is right. Like that, he's part of a system that is driving him to do these reprehensible things. Yep, like keep it going to
1: just lock somebody up. Yeah, because that's what's going to make everybody in the town. It
2: also seemed a little bit like the police chief was like the the emperor, like kind of running things behind the scenes and that didn't ever like, he didn't really say anything in the entire movie, except
1: which, and that, and that seems like a missed opportunity too, because the fact that that man, they, I mean, they talk about him Mm -hmm. being in that position of power for another 30 years. Um, you have to wonder, um, I was also caught totally off guard by the fact that like this happens in Harper Lee's town, and like the mm. yeah. so the, the digs at To Kill a Mockingbird at the beginning were very interesting. That's um, funny.
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, and yeah. interesting. It's like it's like uh, one of the hallmarks of American yeah. civil rights. Go we have the Harper the Lee. Gordas. We have the
1: Harper Lee Museum. You can go stand, go, uh, stand where stand her father. I just
0: wanted to go. This yeah, means you can that we
1: are F an yourself. inclusive community. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um. Yeah, that that's it's something that I think recently I've, you know, Katie is obviously um, much more well read, (laughs) Um, but it's something that I've been thinking about since, you know, you've talked about whether to kill a mockingbird is appropriate to teach to certain students um, because of what it what it represents and what what it what it makes people feel. And, um, you know, in listening to your your students podcast about the Watchmen, it was another another chance to listen to a group of african americans talk about watching that series and half of them really really loved it um, mainly because from what i could gather they were comic book geeks and they loved the original book which didn't had nothing to do with race in it no and damon lindelof really i mean if you can't if you've read the comic book and you've watched the watchmen that is like one of the most surgical like storytelling, I, I I don't even know how to put it, but the fact that he was able to weave race into that world in such a perfect way, without um disrupting the original source material and elevating it to like the nth degree, in in my eyes, it it's incredible. However, the other the other folks on the podcast basically said, "There's we don't need to see." this anymore like we did, there's they, they didn't find a lot of black joy in the in the in that show which is totally understandable you know it's a, it's people of color are treated awfully in that in that show um and so like it, it these all these questions that i think people are asking themselves for the first time i think it's super important um i just wish this movie like moved the needle and i don't think it moves the needle yeah. And not because and maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just where where the where we're at and we're hoping that like we're constantly learning and listening and trying to become better people and become better allies and help and and do what, what we can. Um if this movie moves the needle for other folks that are not there yet, th- that's great. You know?
1: Well, and and maybe it is you know, the, the landing at the end, um, you know, that there were missteps in the telling of the story. But if it, if it gets people to the realization that like, this is a current issue, this is not, yeah. this is not an issue of the past. This is not something that's going to go down in the history books. This is happening right now. And, you know, the the numbers at the end of how many people The Equal Justice Initiative has served on death row. And, you know, like, when you start, it it is astonishing. And, uh, yeah, so I, so maybe it doesn't move the needle. Maybe it opens a door that people didn't know about. Yeah, 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 right, right. That's what I
2: mean. Yes. To be
0: fair, many people don't watch the number of movies we do. That's right. true. So right. I think if the message can get to you, I yeah. think there's two completely different things about this movie. I think there's the message and what it can deliver. Yeah. And then there's it as a movie. Yeah. And, there, the, you know, it can emotionally affect you and spur you to learn and go and do other things. And as far as the movie, I would say watch it. It's good. I just... As a movie movie, if we were to put it in with the 100 other movies we've done, it's it's just kind of a middle of the pack movie. Yeah. You know, not not the performances are great, but the movie itself, you know, if we're just judging that, I think it's worth seeing. Mm -hmm. But it's not in. Right. I don't know if it's 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 not one of the ones that will probably stand out forever. Yeah. But the, what it could get people to do, right. I think, is maybe more powerful than the product right. itself. No, I would say if you, in if
1: you really want to start to understand the prison system in America, 13th is what you should be watching. Yes. But I think
0: this for people who maybe can't jump into that right away. Yeah. This might be a great primer. point. Yeah. Watch yeah. that. And then you could. I in the process of going into other things. It
2: was interesting with the name Just Mercy. I thought that there was going to be this theme of like because I've I've always considered and I forget since I heard I forget who I heard talk about this or maybe it was Howard that um like justice and mercy are are equal or are, are, are like opposite forces, right? Like mercy is something that you lever that you would, you would give rather than justice. Um, and so I, I, it didn't, I, I, again, I would love to read the book cause I would imagine that's a theme of like, yeah how much justice and mercy are intertwined and, and what that meant to Brian. That's not in this movie at all. He brings it up at the very end in, in, in a, in, a, in like his voiceover statement, which is the most powerful part of the movie. Yeah um but Which that doesn't imagine
1: is directly from the book
2: right and does, well yeah he that's probably his yeah. his speech in front of in front of right. the the senate is probably recorded so um uh, but anyway
1: i did digress. i i did really like that scene yeah me too i loved it With oh, and, I loved, and i loved the saying, the i loved when i taught you yeah. some of that
2: <laughs> i taught you I, I thought it was more of like a question like i taught you all that yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. i love that part
2: loved
1: yeah it.
0: Definitely worth seeing. Yep. It's free right now yep, to go yep. anywhere. Uh, all right, we're going to go on to five. All right, questions. You want answers? You want answers? Oh. I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Why? Why? All right, here we go. Oh, it's is that Morris Code? Or yeah, what, help what is me! A, She's abusive. <laughs> is this, um, of course, a, a cut from that from a legal thriller that we'll be seeing soon. A Few Good Men, which is mm-hmm. your more traditional legal thriller with courtroom, lots of courtroom stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, five questions with Katie. Here we go. Of course, Jamie Fox, another amazing performance in this film. Katie, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the show that gave him a, a, a beginning to his career, In Living Color? I've
1: got to go thumbs sideways because I'm not sure if I've ever watched an entire episode of In Living Color.
2: I, uh, I loved that show when I was younger. Yeah, I did too. I can see now it's extremely problematic for certain... Uh, I, don't,
1: I don't think I ever watched it.
2: Now, the the Jim Carrey stuff was incredible. For the most part. And Damon Wayans was really funny as Omi the Clown.
1: Can you give me some years on this? One? Uh, oh, had
2: to be late, mid to late 90s, right? Is early it late 90s? 90s?
1: No,
0: no, no sorry. Right. So 90s early 90s, early, because, 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 early yeah, 90s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, very yeah. early 90s. Yeah. I was not. You know, that was early Fox when like the yeah. network was coming Fox on because the that,
1: network was pretty much banned in my house. Um, I
0: can't imagine why that married with children, <laughs> the Simpsons, The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, we did not in, uh,
1: watch Fox. 1990. Yeah. So yeah. I was 10 years old
2: and he was a late comer too. was he? No, actually 91. Wow. I thought he was later
1: to 94. Yeah. So it went. Yeah. Well, he was 91 to
2: 94. Oh, yeah. So
1: but wait, he was very limited.
2: It's saying it went to 2001
0: that can't no be way. true no it couldn't maybe they did a revival yeah, look episode at the or something do they, have,
1: do they have what do we have years up here they must no, have had was, some sort of a yeah reunion. they must have yeah.
0: done some kind of reunion yeah. or something yeah okay i, I so enjoyed anyway. it at the time but i think I, you're probably right I problematic can't speak to it. yep okay 93 right, it looks like. all right mm-hmm. here it's we right go there. uh katie would you rather watch a legal thriller which this, I guess, was kind of mm-hmm. not really a legal thriller uh, or a heist film. Mm.
1: So I would say a legal thriller every time mm. that Baby Driver is really the first heist film that got me going. What?
2: main mean, character, that actor, he's in uh, he's in some deep trouble. Trouble, yeah. What? Yeah.
1: No, Baby.
2: Baby. Yeah. baby, 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 may have uh, slept with an underage girl.
1: Oh, baby! No, oh, so. actually, not, not, oh.
0: not underage in seven it, it, legally in New York. Mm. That's come out, so it's that's the unfortunately I'd like to say that's the most problematic part about the story well, that she was seventeen. Yeah. But I'm it, he gonna was say... tw- he was to be I will say he was twenty. This was years ago, and okay. she was seventeen.
1: Well, we're going to still say legal thrillers. But, I I'd yes. say across the board, like the if I'm comparing the kinds of movies mm-hmm. I enjoy, I enjoy a good legal thriller.
0: Yes. All right. Great. Um, Katie, a great book to expand your knowledge on racial issues in America
1: is well, I'm, I'm just going to speak to what I'm what I'm digging into right now. And again, I just hope that everybody is taking the opportunity right now to push your push the needle a little bit farther. So I think a good intro book is Robin D'Angelo, White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism. Um, it's a very good starting point it just starts with self if you are identified as or you identify as white in America it gets a good place to start and then our two men that we are talking about today uh, Brian Stevenson's Just Mercy there is an adapted for young adults version and the original uh, and his brother who is equally impressive promoting racial literacy in schools um, so that's that's what Katie's reading right now, and I would recommend all three.
0: All right, excellent. A favorite question. Who's your favorite movie or TV lawyer? Oh,
1: gosh. Well, uh, mm. come on. I have to say Atticus. I mean, I know it starts as a novel, but like, yeah, no, no, that's I, fair. Love, I love Atticus Finch. I love him.
2: I thought you were going to go with Sam uh, Watterson. No. Jack
0: McCoy. I Jack do McCoy. love
1: Jack. I do, but... There is a, a way that Atticus approaches his job as a lawyer with such community mindedness and humility that mm-hmm. makes him my favorite lawyer. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All
0: right. Yeah. Perfect. All right. And finally, deep thoughts question. And Jim, I think you wanted to talk about this yes. potentially as well. Uh, name one Com majors film you would love to substitute Michael B. Jordan in as the star.
1: All of them. but for real i would put him in every single movie we had the list up and i had yeah what about roadhouse no sorry no no no
2: like think about a remake with with
0: no i think he's not that's he's better than that pull it up
1: um I was thinking about <laughs> the LA confidential <laughs> problem of like some characters oh, in there. Yeah. So could mm-hmm. we, could we swap Kevin Spacey out for Michael B? Cause I feel like that would be a really interesting like role to see him in something a little bit different. Well, like a, uh, like a
2: modern version of, L- I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, the LAPD is not really changed. Right. It hasn't, hasn't a, uh, you know, even as if as it was H- set H- in the mid nineties, yeah. like let's set it in the mid nineties and, yeah, yeah, I would like do that. Do a training day.
1: I would like that. <laughs> um, there was one more that I thought he would be so good in. Um,
2: I have, it? I have one. Go ahead. I. Well, I was thinking like, what you could you put him into, and I'm looking through our list, and and to to Brian's point, I had a hard time thinking about, like putting him into a character actor, does not work, like, thinking about um, Black Klansman. I would have a hard time putting him in no, the role. I don't want him in
0: that. Yeah. No, he
2: does not have the swagger or like the the like the edge that um,
0: David David John, John Washington David, yeah, John Sir David James.
2: Washington does. Um, I always forget if it's David John or John David. Mm-hmm. Um, but a movie on here that I thought could have been a great movie if they actually had a movie star and actually used. The superpowers, The Rocketeer.
1: Oh, that's so funny. I considered that, but no, I don't think that could have been a great movie. I was thinking of a similar movie, The Mummy. I thought well, Mummy is another the, good biggest that'd choice. The be issue good, with the mummy was Brendan Fraser. Too. So that'd put Michael J. George No, Brendan no.
2: Fraser wasn't the biggest. No,
1: no he was, no, he good was pretty in that bad. Movie. Oh, there were some really horrible lines delivered I by him would, in the movie.
0: Yeah, but that was the writing. I would substitute him in for Andy McDowell in every movie that she. <laughs> was I was actually movie. thinking that another
2: one, like, because Hugh Grant is similar, right? Like, He's a movie star in romantic comedies for the most yes. part. He's just yes. Seeing Agreed. him in four weddings, like I was like, is there is there like a version of this, like an African American version of like four weddings and a Ooh. funeral with him as like, like a romantic a
1: totally remade.
2: Like a romantic, like uh, you know, comedy. Like a rom com with him. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. He could definitely pull off Alex Finch.
2: Yeah, because I thought the the romantic
0: chances of the romantic in stuff in
2: Creed. I thought it played really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, so, he's the best. Uh, yep. Definitely see Just Mercy. Uh, it, well worth watching. And then the book, everything that's going on with that. Next week, we take a look at a film not based on real life in any way as we visit Big Trouble in Little China.
1: <laughs> When's the last time you saw this? Uh, well, Have you ever seen uh, it? I think we were in college. And... Is this our first Kurt Russell movie? It is.
0: (gasps) It is. Just beginning. I feel like it's Jack Jack Burton. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's going to be the beginning of a beautiful relationship.
2: Mm, mm. This Mm. also stars Kim Mm. Cattrall. Yes. Samantha. Samantha. Um, I don't even know a Samantha. I don't even know a Samantha. (laughs) And a bunch of Asian guys who unfortunately yes Go i feel unnamed. like
0: there'll be some stereotypes <laughs> yeah. oh, the, that oh things yeah, that, yeah yeah the yeah, things yeah. That oh, we're talking definitely. about that you should not yep. do in yep. your real life uh we will be discussing about yep. it next week it's uh, one
2: of the weirder movies ever made
0: yeah all right well i can't i can't wait uh I, like share yep. subscribe review and we'll see you next time bye, all right everybody. bye everyone